hope everybody is well. Happy Sunday for those that are with us live, for those that are joining us. Happy whatever day it is for you. Another day, another chance to get a little bit better. That's all God wants. Just a little bit better. Thanks so much for tuning in and being part of the boost. For those who want to catch this on demand, we have a WhatsApp group. If you want to come live, we're on Zoom and on Facebook every day with God's help, except for Saturday. We've been talking a lot about this idea of empowerment, happiness. I know they're not exactly the same, but we're using them pretty similar. And how life really is going to be dependent on how we approach it. I just had this conversation with my children over the Shabbat table, just this weekend. And I was talking, I was telling them that I was talking to my rabbi in March when this whole thing started. And he said to me then, and he was right, he said, the quarantine period is is going to be dependent on your attitude. Your children will remember it in a good way or in a painful way, in part, by how you approach it by the the light that you bring in or the darkness. And I was trying to explain to them that when you go through your own life, lots of what we're going through really is a manifestation of the intention that we put into something. I was telling over a story of a good friend of mine um, who is a tour operator in Israel. Um, we spent many years, many, and I take every year with God's help, hopefully we'll continue to take guys to Israel on trips. So we met during this period of time. He became a close friend. And he once told me a story that really shocked me. He said that one of his most, uh, one of his most uh, life-changing moments took place when he took a certain family around Israel. He said it was a very wealthy family. And the father basically said, you know, you have an un, un you have you have an unlimited budget. Like blow us away. It was his kids' bar mitzvah, this guy. He had a very small family there, and the guy blew him away. Helicopter rides to the north and army tours and it blew him away. And throughout the whole time this guy realized that no one was ever happy. But there was never a moment where the family was actually sincerely happy. And he realized that no matter what he brought to the table, they were happy to be doing it, but they weren't happy. They just weren't happy. The, the wealth, the, 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 the parents had, then their relationship had created this tense environment where it just all didn't work. So much of our lives will be based on our mentality to the thing that we're going through. That's why empowerment, happiness is so critical because happiness also dictates how you feel about something and how that thing ultimately leaves you. It's memory. We'll, maybe we'll talk about the power and the and the, 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 the limitations of memory and why that's so critical. But what I want to get to today is really to create a, a bifurcation. I want to create a chasm between two separate things, physical pain or discomfort 
and mental pain and discomfort. Because sometimes they're, they're collapsed together. When someone goes through something that's uncomfortable, they bring their brain with them. And as a result, they can't separate it. So like we said earlier, that physical comfort now doesn't have any ability to be seen in a positive light because it comes along with the mental discomfort. It comes along with why me? It comes along with this isn't going to work, right? For last week, we spoke about the illusion of validity. So I'll tell you a story where someone taught this to me in a very interesting way. Maybe like five years ago, uh, I had a personal trainer. I've told stories about him before. He's a great guy. We were, I was working in a company at that time, maybe seven years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. And they had a company gym and this guy had trained one guy in the company. You know how it works. Like he was the trainer for the CEO. So like everybody wanted him. And there's a gym in, there's a gym in the building. So he ended up like, you know, being everyone's trainer. So he was mine too. And he was like a great guy, but he beat the living daylights out of me. Like he beat the living daylights out of me. So there's one time where I was doing, I don't know what for the umpteenth time. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but it was painful. The whole thing was painful. So I said to him, like, I, I, I'm, I can't. It's just too much suffering here. I'm, I said, like, I'm suffering too much. That's what I said. He was having me do, I think it was like pull-ups and I don't know, like a hundred. I said, I'm suffering. And he looked at me. It was so, so great. He looked at me and goes, you're not suffering. You're strengthening. And when he said that, something in my brain, like, triggered. For a second, I was like, all right, I can do it. Like, it was, it was weird, right? I was doing the thing. I think it was pull-ups. I don't remember. But it was painful. And it was way more than I thought I could handle. Let's put it that way. And when I said in the middle of the sets that I'm suffering, I was ready to give up. And as soon as he corrected me and said, you're strengthening, somehow I was able to get back up and pull more in. What happened? My body's my body. I'm going through the same level of physical pain. So why was I able to pull out a few more just by shifting the words in my head from suffering to strengthening? So if you remember, we've done, we did this a little bit before. We went, and Liron's got, Liron's following me. We went from, we spoke about speech. And how when you say words, those words start to create a whole new uh, trigger system in your brain, right? For, the, for those who are following us for a while, you know that we've been talking about neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity creates these connections in your brain. So I want you to almost picture like your brain, and, and of course it's more complicated than this, but like your, your brain almost like, um, like a button that when you press it, it creates a whole different cascade of electricity that'll turn either red or blue or when you click on an i'll make it easier not a button make it like an app your brain's like an app you go to your phone and on your your screen there's like 20 different apps and your thumb will choose one 
And as soon as it chooses one, a whole screen will pop up with an old world that you go into. So picture as if your words are like apps. Not every word, but critical words. So the word suffering pulls up in your mind a whole cascade. It's a whole map of what suffering is. And usually suffering is meaningless. That's why it's suffering. Usually it feels unfair. When you hear someone was suffering, usually it's an unfortunate circumstance. Usually something that you're trying to avoid. When you use the word strengthening, all of a sudden another app opens up. Now, in that app, people are also uncomfortable, but they're uncomfortable for a purpose. Something is happening after they're done. They're actually doing something that is leading to a greater ultimate result. So if you remember we spoke about this, one word shift could open up a whole new app. And remember if we did this research on this, remember we spoke about the research that they did, they did where they went to different uh, uh, villages in Africa and they found that certain villages didn't have certain words. And as a result, they didn't have the acuteness of those feelings. Remember we did this? If you're here, if you're joining me recently, there was research that they did on speech where they went to different tribes in Africa and they found like a group of words and they asked about them. And some tribes never developed those words. And when they asked them about their experiences, they realized that they didn't have the same level of experience because they didn't have a word to capture it. So they didn't, let's say, feel wrath because the highest word that they had, the most intense word they had for anger was anger and wrath or enraged, never really made it in. Or they didn't have frustrated, so they couldn't distinguish between angry and frustrated. You see how when you are more articulate, when you use words, your brain starts to create a whole map of very bespoke, very custom feelings that you can go straight to. So when you're feeling something, when you go, I'm frustrated with this, it's very different than I'm humiliated by this. And as a result, you feel this. That's why kids are very black and white. In the, well, that's not why. But that could be a connection between children and their black and whiteness with regards to their feelings because they're not sophisticated in their minds. Remember we spoke about these distinctions. Well, that's how life works. Not only does it give you the ability to distinguish between feelings, it actually can change the way you deal with physical discomfort. If you characterize something as suffering, what's happening in your brain, your brain will see the thing you're going through as meaningless. And as soon as you use the word strengthening, just the shift now gives meaning to your pain. And when you have meaning to your pain, you are enabling your mind to control the purpose of why you're going through what you're going through. One of the reasons why we can't, we, we're, we are disempowered is because we can't divorce the action with the thought. And we assume that when I'm going through something, the thing that I'm going through doesn't have meaning. 
because I can't see the meaning right now. Because I don't know how that's going to play out. We're using the illusion of validity. We're using the inability to see the future to not create any distinguishing factors between what I'm going through and what it is. And so as a result, when I go through something, I can't step above it and say, what this thing is, is pain with meaning. As soon as you start to give meaning to your pain, even if you don't know what that meaning is, as soon as you start to decide that I'm going to see the discomfort that I go through, whether it is large or small, as something of purpose, of meaning. And I know I'll find out why. But I know that if I'm going through something, I'm going through that thing because I'm strengthening, not suffering. As soon as you start to change the language of how you see the discomfort that you're in, you start to create a strength that is within you because meaningful pain is something that we are built to deal with. The reason why discomfort and pain is so difficult in part is not because it is so acute and our body can't handle it. It's because our mind can't handle it. Because our mind can't see the reason for it. Our mind can't see the purpose behind it. Our mind doesn't see the value of it. And so as a result, because our mind is sort of stuck underneath the pain, it doesn't have a way of creating a meaning for it. It doesn't have a way of sort of hovering above it and creating a purpose or a meaning or a something of the pain. It just sort of sits underneath it and it follows the pain. It's lost. It feels meaningless. It feels pointless. Why me? Why now? And then the best thing that your your brain will do for you, or the worst thing I would say, is it points to other people not going through it and go, see? Or it'll create to it'll, it'll point to a correlated fact that's not causative. Right? Correlated means it's connected. Causative means it causes it. Right? If you miss the bus, and then because you missed the bus, you came home late, and because you came home late, you missed just because something happened, it doesn't mean that caused it to happen. But you start to create connections that aren't real connections. Well, 10 years ago, had I not done that, had I not done that, had I not done that, had I not met him at that point, and I, had I just taken the bus one more stop, I wouldn't have met the guy, and I had not met the guy, I wouldn't have gone to the business. And your brain's like, oh, it's pointless. You start creating these these theories that show that what you're going through right now, you could have avoided. Had you, just, had you just thought of this thing, had you just been smart enough, had I, had I, had I, had I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have. How come? How come? Why him? Why not me? You get into this world where because the pain and because the discomfort and because the frustration is so has no meaning to it. It has no value to your life. Now, we have to look back and try to figure out, like, how could I have avoided it? Which only then creates more pain. Because now you take things that weren't even painful mentally, and you're creating pain in that mentality.
right? This is the opposite of what we spoke earlier about when you create gratitude in yourself, when you, when you become a grateful person and you start to take your life as a gift, you look for things that you didn't appreciate and you find a way to appreciate that so then you increase positivity. When you have no ability to find meaning or at least to believe that there is meaning in your pain. I don't know why. Maybe I could connect why doing another rep of pull-ups will have any long-term benefit on my, yeah, I can make a very easy connection, but do I know it's too much, too little? I don't know. All I know is that as soon as I say to myself that I'm strengthening, not suffering, whether I see the, 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 the weight growth, whether I see the muscle growth, I just know I'm doing what's right. As soon as you recognize that when me and you go through anything that is unexpected, hopefully it's not that painful. If we ever go through anything that is uncomfortable in any which way, when anybody goes through any pain, when you recognize that that pain is physically painful, but it doesn't have to be mentally painful. You may not be able to control the physical attributes of what you're going through. You may not be able to control the bus schedule or whether you get this money or whether you're healthy or sick or whether you have to be in the... You may not be able to control what's going on around you physically, but you can redefine it mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And the truth is, you don't have any idea if what you're going through is meaningless or meaningful. So why not assume it's meaningful? If you believe there's meaning towards it and you believe that you're going to live a life in which everything you're going through can ultimately serve in some positive purpose in the future, why not just err on the side of meaning? And recognize that what I'm going through isn't suffering, it's strengthening. Now, if you have any modicum of faith, forget it. The whole world changes. Because we have a rule that whatever God does, he does it for the best. And even if the best is unable, you, know, you can't see it for a decade, two decades, or even a lifetime. Which means that when you go through life, and when you go through life, you're able to look at the things that you're going through and recognize that what you're going through has some meaning. There's a purpose to the pain. It's strengthening me. It's not making me suffer pointlessly. When you start to give meaning to the things that we're going through and start to understand that whatever we go through, there's going to be a purpose for it. Once you get into that way of seeing the world, once you change the language that we use and we stop getting into the world of trying to figure out why I got this pointless pain and start to create the meaning, start to give meaning, start to give purpose, start to look at discomfort and say, I'm strengthening myself. This will make me stronger. I will see the reason for this. There's a positivity thing towards the end of this. As soon as we start to shift our thinking, what ends up happening is the pain that we're going through separates between a physical pain and a mental pain. Because mentally, we're shifting it to becoming something that is purposeful. 
And when someone goes through purposeful pain, they're not mentally in pain. They're just physically in pain. When someone goes through a workout and knows that what he is doing for that hour in the gym is good for him, he's not mentally in pain. He's excited to get through the reps. He's excited to do the next thing. He's just mentally in pain. He just hopes his body can hold up. But he's not, woe is to me. If that same person goes to the same activities, but it's not a workout, it's just a regular day, and he doesn't make any connections, he's not just physically in pain, he's also mentally in pain. And as a result, he can't get through it. So the difference in life is not trying to change your your physical, of course you should change your physical abilities, but not just that. The first thing is in business life is when you look at physical pain and challenges is to recognize what I got to first deal with is meaning. It's purpose. It's being above my physical pain and saying, wait, mentally I can't be in pain over this. Mentally I have to see the purpose in it. And if I can find a purpose, if I can believe there's a purpose to any pain, I can train myself to look at my day and see strengthening exercises and not suffering results. Now I have, I'm, I am, I am honing in on the mental side of pain. And if I can get that right and empower that, it will change how I deal with the physical pain. It's the power of empowerment. It changes not only how you feel about your day, it also changes your ability to delve back into that pain and be better. That could be, and we'll talk about this more, that could be why happiness is the prerequisite of success because success is always hard and the people that get through it are usually people that can look at that pain and get through the pain longer than the person next to them. All right, we'll continue this. Think about it for the day. If you go through anything today, Michael wrote something so powerful. I'm just going to read what Michael wrote. This is on, on, on the chat here. Since his cancer, he suffers under pain, but it changed his mindset. If he goes over it, he's thankful for it. Otherwise, he wouldn't come to himself and only run after things. So powerful what you wrote, Michael. He gave his cancer a meaning. You got to see this. So those who are on Zoom, read, read his comments. We're going to talk about this, this Irving Yalom study. So hopefully we'll get to tomorrow on the cancer research. But for the, for the day, let's think about this together. Any discomfort, emotional or, or physical, think to ourselves, not suffering. I'm strengthening. This thing's going to make me stronger. When I get through this, I got a new muscle. I will talk about this. Thanks so much for tuning in today, especially on a Sunday or any day that you're listening. God's help. I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.